I do consider it an honor and a, a privilege to be able to, to bring God's word to you all this morning. Let's simply begin by looking at our passage. It's, you can find it online in your, your bulletin. It's Philippians chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, I would invite you to open there. We're going to simply read four verses this morning. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Look, each of you, not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. It's God's word. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I ask this morning that as we go through this passage, that you will remind us the truth of the gospel, the work of Jesus Christ, and how it applies at any and every time. Would you... Set it in our hearts that we would better understand your love and seek to love others because of that. In Christ's name, amen. So these are very strange times that we are experiencing presently. There is a sense that we are living at the most connected time in history. After all, we're, we're streaming this service to you. Still have all our social media networks available to us, and yet it's very clear that it's not the same. It does remind us how, how important it is for, for us to be together. It does remind us that we really do need community. In fact, one of the things that I think we're seeing, we want, we even need other people in our lives. Life's not as much fun when you can't gather together in groups. But our passage this morning, it really does help us understand what community is, what, it, what life together is all about. And it especially reminds us of what we truly can experience because of the gospel, especially in times like this. So the main idea, if I were to just paraphrase it very quickly this morning, the main idea of Philippians 2, 1 through 4 is this, that a meaningful life is going to be lived in community or fellowship with other people. And that fellowship is marked by unity and purpose and love and service to others, all because of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. This passage is all about what it means to live together in community and especially appropriate because it's so hard for us to gather together. So this morning we're going to look at the reason of our life together. What, what, is, what, is, what is it that's going to bring us together? The results of our life together. And lastly, how we should do it. So first, the reason. It's the reality of God's grace. It's found in verse 1. If you would look there. Paul writes, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, Paul is binding 
the church in Philippi, binding them with these four ideas. Encouragement, comfort, participation or fellowship, and, and really it's love. It's because of these realities of God's grace that is common to every believer that Paul says no matter what, we can do the Christian life together. So we'll talk about these four things very quickly. First, encouragement from being united to Christ. The primary reason or the primary meaning that Paul is talking about here is, is being confident because of Christ or assured because of Christ, all because by faith through the Spirit we've been united to him practically concretely what that means is everything that is Christ's is ours by faith in him there is victory even in the midst of turmoil we are living this life today united to the resurrected Jesus Christ and our salvation has been secured past present and future in spite of what it may look like in this world today, the battle has been won. It doesn't mean that we won't be scared. It doesn't mean that we won't worry or become fearful. But we can be encouraged because we have Jesus and we are united to him. He is our rock. That we're reminded that even as Paul writes in Romans, that neither death nor life Angels or rulers, neither things present or things to come, no power. All these things, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Encouraged from being united to Christ. Secondly, comforted from love. We have been loved and we can love because he first loved us. For Paul, for the Philippians, for us, this love is so big. It includes Christ's love for his people. It includes Paul's love for the church that he's writing to. And it includes our love for one another. There is great comfort in knowing that we are loved. Not loved because of anything we've earned. Loved simply because God has loved us in Christ. It is not a love of this world. It comes from outside, from God. He loves us. Thirdly, Paul says, fellowship or participation in the Spirit. The focus is not on our individual experience of God's Spirit, as important as that is. Rather, Paul is focusing on our experience in the community of God. It's not a human-centered fellowship, but a a fellowship that is created by God himself and his spirit. Because we have fellowship with God, we can have fellowship with each other. It means our, our fellowship, it's not centered on what we may like personally or not like. It's not based on this fellowship of ours. It's not based on who we vote for or who we don't vote for. It's not even centered on whether or not we can meet together this morning. The fellowship that we have is bigger than this. The fellowship that we have is centered on Jesus Christ and the work that he's accomplished, the work that he is doing. 
and the work that he will finish in the future. The Holy Spirit unites us to God, unites us to one another, and the central focus of our participation together is Jesus Christ. So encouraged from being united to Christ, comforted from his love, fellowship or participation in the Spirit, lastly, affection and sympathy. You could, you could translate it tender mercies and compassion. Mercy has been given to us by God. And we have been mercied upon. And because mercy is the source, compassion is the fruit. An experience of God's mercy makes us merciful. And being merciful makes us sympathetic and compassionate. And we can look at the world right now and we can easily see that it's hurting. People are afraid. And we're called here to respond with compassion and love because God has set his compassion and love on us, his people. So the question in this first point, this first idea, the reality of God's grace, are we encouraged by our union with Christ? Are we comforted by his love? Are we united together, not by something of our own, but united together by God's spirit? Is there any affection and sympathy or mercy and compassion? And I'd like to quickly apply this to us with two ideas. I ask these questions about encouragement and comfort and being united and, and, and having affection. I ask these questions to those of us who are Christians, not because I don't know the answer, Paul isn't really asking the Philippians either. The word if is pointing out to something that is real, something that is certain, not something that's possible. You could use the word since. Or Paul could have said, I know these things are true of you at Philippi. Since you've been encouraged by Christ, since you've been comforted by his love, since you have fellowship in the spirit, since you have affection and love, these things are true. And secondly, in light of that, since these things are true, Paul is reminding the Philippians and reminding us this morning, even or especially in times when you don't feel like this, they are true. These are the times where you need to remember that we are encouraged by our union with Christ. We are comforted by his love. We are united together by God's spirit. Wherever we are, every Christian in the world, this is the gospel. That God has brought us together through the forgiveness of sins, united us to Christ in his death and resurrection. And we are together wherever we are because of Christ. And because of that, we together can be encouraged, we can be comforted, we can be united, and we can be full of love. Because of this, our lives ought to be different. That's the reason for our life together. Secondly, the results, Paul's second point here. He says, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Paul is saying in this section, this verse 2, he's saying there is an adjustment that will take place because of the work of Christ and his spirit. The same mind, the same love, intent on one purpose. It's the idea of souls together, 
people in harmony with one another, regardless of where we sit this morning, working together hand in hand right here in the body of Christ. doesn't mean that we don't have different ideas or, or different gifts. It doesn't mean that we don't maintain our individuality. But it does mean that regardless of where we are, we are working together towards one goal, and that is to make Jesus Christ known to make his love and his mercy, his righteousness, goodness known to not only our family and our friends, but this community in the world means that we're submitting to the Lordship of Jesus Christ in all things. We are together in this because of the gospel and for the gospel. And today we can share it with a world or much of the world that seems to be in a frenzy. We can be encouraged we can be comforted and we can share it with the rest of the world. Now, the last point here, it's how we do it. Verses three and four, it's developing the idea that Paul previously talked about in Philippians. He says, we are to live a life worthy of the gospel of Christ. And this is what it means to live a life worthy of the gospel. Verse three and four, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So Paul here lists two negative things that we are called to eliminate. One positive thing that we should develop. We should eliminate rivalry, selfish ambition, and vain conceit. And the positive thing, in humility, value other people above ourselves. Selfish ambition it leads to an empty glory. In other words, at particular times like this, we are able to stop setting our own minds on our own desires, our own, our own wants of self-fulfillment and self-advancement, and we can look to the well-being of others. It begins in the home, but it extends out into the community. And it will turn the world upside down. We have to realize this is how the church flourished in ages past. People in the midst of suffering and death. God's people were there for them. I do want to remind you, and we'll do it again and we'll do it over the coming weeks. This church will be open tomorrow. This church will be open as long as we can come in these doors. We'll be here for you. And not only the leadership, not only the pastors, but this should move out into all the community of Redeemer that we're here for other people. This is the way we should strive to live, look to do for others what you'd want them to do for you no matter what. It is interesting, before this, Paul says, complete or fulfill my joy. And it is true that Paul writes elsewhere that joy is a fruit of the Spirit but Paul is saying that fruit of the Spirit is best experienced in community. And we can experience this joy in the midst of difficult times. It's, it's not a false sense of security. It's not a, a false happiness. It is a settled trust that comes from seeing people united to Christ, working together with one purpose, seeking to love the world. We're called here to be God's people, not looking out for ourselves, but rather looking out for other people around us. That's what we're called to do in this short passage. 
Not because we can do it in our own strength. We can't. Not even because we won't sometimes fail. But we do this and we will continue to do this because we've experienced God doing this for us in Christ Jesus. And as we come to grips with what we have in Jesus Christ, we will experience the ability and we will have the resources to love other people in a way the world can't. This is really about what Jesus Christ has done. It's really about what Jesus Christ is doing now through his people. And it's really a picture of the life worthy of what God has done. So as I conclude here this morning, I want to leave you with this story that I found somewhere, and I can't remember where I found it. It's not my story, taking it from somebody else, but helps us understand uh, the foundation of what it is we're talking about this morning in this passage. There's an old story of two simple older people who lived in a fishing village in Scotland by the sea. And if, if I could, I would, I would tell this story in a Scottish accent, but um, that's not going to work. And uh, we'll just leave it at that. But here's the story. One evening, the, a man, the man came home from work. He kissed his wife on the cheek. And his wife said, the new minister came by today and asked me a question that I couldn't answer. Well, the husband responded, well, honey, what, what was the question? She said, he, he asked me, does Jesus Christ live here? When the man responded with the question to his wife, he said, well, what did you say, honey? And she said, well, I didn't really know what to say. And the man said, why didn't you tell him that we're respectable and hard-working people? And she said, well, he didn't ask me that. The husband said, well, you should have told him that we go to church. And the wife very patiently said, that wasn't his question either. And the man said, well, at least you should have told him that we sometimes read the Bible and pray. And the wife responded, he didn't ask me that either, honey. He asked me, does Jesus Christ live here? Brothers and sisters at Redeemer, I do know that Jesus Christ lives in the community of believers that, that we call Redeemer Presbyterian Church. He's in our homes, he's with our families, he's present in and among us. And it is true where Jesus Christ resides, we will, in humility, count other people more significant than ourselves. And we are called, especially at this time, but really every day, to share Jesus Christ. If he lives in our homes, we will share Jesus Christ in our homes this day and every day in our community and across the world. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, and since there is comfort from his love, participation in the spirit, affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord, and let us do nothing from rivalry or consent, conceit, but in humility, count other people more significant than ourselves. Let us look not only to our own interests, but let's look to the interests of others. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I do pray that uh, during this time, wherever your people are, that we would shine the light of Jesus. Not because that light comes from us, 
but because that light has come from Jesus and is flowing through us into the world. Would we be a light? Would we be salt? Would we be reminded of your love and share that love with other people? In Jesus Christ, amen. Now, before I give you the benediction this morning, I do want to remind you that we at Redeemer, your pastors, your elders, your deacons, and many, many others at the church, we are available for you during this time. We're at the office during the week. Our numbers have been posted on the website, and we will continue to make sure that we, we update you with all the necessary information that, that we can. If you have questions in the meantime, I'd simply encourage you to call us, to reach out, and let us know of your needs. But until then, hear now the Lord's benediction to you as God's people, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Fast falls the eventide, the darkness deepens, Lord with me abide, when other Heaven's morning breaks and earth's fading.